pick a behavior that you want to change. You know, we talk a lot about where we want to get to, how much weight we want to lose or what we want our blood pressure to be or A1C to be. And that's, you know, that's a destination, that's an outcome. But no matter what, the distance between where we are today and whatever that outcome is, is usually a heck of a lot bigger than we want it to be. It's really easy to feel like, I don't know where to start. How do I get there? That feels so far away. And when an outcome is really distal, meaning it's far in the future, it's, it's just not as motivating as when there's something right in front of us. A, a way to manage that a little bit differently is to move your head away from where you want to get to destination-wise and focus instead on what are the what are the things that I want to do differently in my life day to day and pick one doesn't really matter where you start what matters is that you start with something that you can do and repeat Welcome everyone to WWP Presents the podcast. I am Coach Emily and I have with me here Coach Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi, guys. I'm so super excited for this episode. I can't even tell you. Why? Why are you so excited? <laughs> no reason. We just have like a super celeb here with us. So <laughs> <laughs> I got my hair done yesterday just on time. So <laughs> um, I'm super excited to um, introduce and um, I don't even know where I'm saying here. Yeah, introduced. We are so excited to introduce and welcome back, Dr. Allison. We had Dr. Allison on WW Presents. We had a presentation with her a few weeks ago and it was so successful. It was so much fun and I wanted to do it every single night. I think that her insight and her wealth of knowledge is just so valuable to WW members, especially. I think everyone can can learn from Dr. Allison, but especially mm -hmm. WW members. Um, so hi, Dr. Allison. I did not do my hair for today, Kelly. We have that not in common. Um, but hi, it's so nice to be here. I I'm, yeah, had a blast with you, Emily, uh, a couple weeks ago on WW Presents and love talking to you, love talking to Kelly, to coaches, to members, the whole bit. So really happy to be here. Yeah. So for those of you who are listening, who maybe aren't familiar with who Allison is, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, sure. what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I work on the science team at WW and I lead up our behavior change coaching and strategies team and really make sure that everything that we do is thought through from a lens of behavior change science. So that's sort of the elevator pitch, but by way of background, I'm a clinical health psychologist uh, by training. I've always worked with people who are um, struggling with their eating or who want to lose weight. Um, and I make sure that we bring to the WW program sort of the perspective of what it's like to be in, in that position. What are the things that get in the way of us doing the things that we sort of know we should do or that we know we want to do, mm -hmm. um, but really, um, you know, make it hard for us to do that. So really trying to help close that gap for members and, and bring that perspective to everybody at WW so that the app, our workshops, our digital experiences all take those things into consideration. 
And it's so great. I love that. I love that there's just this common thread throughout it all, through all the content. It's like it all, it's all based on, on, on what you do. Mm -hmm. And also you may recognize um, Dr. Allison's voice because. Oh, right. There's that too. (laughs) Oh yes. This major life-changing part of our app. Um, So Dr. Allison is also the very calming voice behind our five minute coaching sessions right on our WW app. Yes, that's been a ton of fun. Nothing I ever expected to do, but actually a lot of fun and a really nice way that we've been able to bring some, some of the behavioral science and the mindset concepts to life in our app, which we hadn't done before. So really intended to just be that little voice, you know, two or three minutes uh, that can be helpful in the moment um, or you know, when you're struggling with something like emotional eating or stress eating or nighttime eating, or just something that you can listen to in the morning or in the evening to kind of get into a little bit of a practice around developing awareness or reflecting, you know, walking through sort of how to, you know, stepping on the scale and what that experience is like. Mm-hmm. So that's been a lot of fun to do. I think and that's like, like a big favorite one is that right before you get on the scale. Oh yeah. That's, good. that's my favorite. Oh yeah. Oh good. We always good. tell members that one, cause there is always this like fear around stepping on the scale, even for myself, even though yeah. I've been doing this for so long, I almost have to work myself up to stepping on that scale. And so those audios, especially that before you weigh in one is so helpful. And you do have such a calming voice. Have you ever been told that before? Like before you were doing these audios? You know, I wonder, so I am a clinical psychologist and, uh, so I, I don't know if it comes from that or if I'm a clinical psychologist because I have a calming voice. I, yes, I've been told that, um, it's not something I knew until, you know, in my professional life, but here we are. It's so weird. Hey, like where your life sometimes takes you. I know it really is. It's kind of unbelievable. I like you probably never thought you'd be doing this. I definitely never thought I would be doing this. Kelly. No, I, it's a completely different life than the one I had thought I was going to have, to be honest. It's and Kelly, pretty amazing. Kelly doesn't even know how to operate her mic. So this is like pretty <laughs> groundbreaking for her to be a podcast no. host. <laughs> It wasn't my mic. It was my earphones. That's okay. You are killing it. Usually I'm good with my like ear pods and I'm like, these are so fancy. I didn't even know how to use them. But I mean, again, again, to bring, you know, behavior change coaching into this, it's all about how we respond to it, right? We're given these opportunities and then what do we do with it, right? Do we get scared? Do we run away or do we just go on a commercial with James Corden? Right. Do we just do that and say, yes. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) No, you're, you're absolutely right, Emily. I mean, there's this idea of, uh, you know, we talk a lot at WW, right. About having a growth mindset, which Mm -hmm. basically just means it means a lot of things, but one thing that, that it means is this openness to new experiences or openness to change or openness to the idea that something could change. So whether that's related to a career shift or just saying yes to something that you never thought you would say yes to, or even if it's something that's journey related. So, you know, I think I, maybe I can change that habit, or maybe I can develop a new routine, or maybe I can start to notice, you know, my patterns a little bit better than I have in the past, that openness to thinking that, you know, change can happen or new things can happen can take us pretty far. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question, just a personal question about the mm-hmm. plan? Obviously I, I joined in 2003, so it has changed quite a few times. And let me tell you pillars mindset that wasn't a thing when I joined, right. it was not And I can't even tell you, I mean, members, myself, I'm sure Emily, the mindset pillar is everything to Mm. everyone. 
you know, and I want to know just sort of how did, did was that I, I tell people, so I don't know if it was or not. I tell people that we thank you for that, for making that a pillar. <laughs> I don't know if it was or not, but I'm like, yeah, that was Dr. Allison. But oh, if it yeah, was, take all that credit. No, <laughs> yeah. that, that was not, that was not Dr. Allison. I, I joined the company in 2018. Um, I, I definitely, since I've been here have really turned the dial up on our behavior change approach and how we think about behavior change science, but mindset did predate me. Um, you know, I would say, gosh, what are we in 2021, um, in 2015 and I may not get this exactly right. Cause I wasn't here at the time we launched what was then, and you two might know this better than me, a pillar or like our fulfillment pillar. Do the two of you remember that? It was, it was kind of our first, I'm not even sure it was a pillar, to be honest with you. It was, no, we started just like a tab. It was a tab on our, okay. in the website. Yeah. yeah. So, right. Don't listen to what I just said then, no, that's okay. um, but we launched this idea of fulfillment, which was really the precursor to mindset. We, we had learned from members and, and we knew, you know, even though I wasn't here at the time, you know, the, the folks in the science team, the folks in the program team knew that, you know, losing weight is not just about what you eat. It's not just about how you move it. It is about how you think. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think a lot was going on in people thinking a lot about self-care, taking care of themselves, you know, maybe a little bit about their thoughts and this idea of fulfillment sort of came up as, as, as a concept. And ultimately what we learned is that, uh, that people liked the idea, but they didn't really see how it was related to weight loss mm -hmm. and to the journey. So we launched the mindset pillar. Um, and that actually might've been in 2015, fulfillment might've been sooner, but once we launched the mindset pillar, we got much more clear that mindset is really about how you think. Mm -hmm. So it's not about going to the spa or self-care or getting massages. It's about how you think. And it really resonates with people that the way you think impacts what you do, that the way you think impacts how you feel and that all of those things impact the journey. And that seemed to really make a big, a big shift. Uh, so we've been able to have a ton of, of, of fun with that and, and really help. I think people just think differently, shift how they think. Um, Megan Schreier is our mindset SME at WW and she did amazing work in the early days of the mindset pillar to really dig into the positive psychology literature, the cognitive behavioral literature and come up with techniques and strategies that aren't just things that we think sound fun, but are strategies and techniques that are grounded in actual science that show that, hey, when you try this, People who have tried this, it's been studied, have noticed a change. They yeah. feel better or they think differently and that it impacts what they do. So I'm so happy to hear that. I will happily take credit for the mindset pillar, but I, I cannot. might still give it to you. <laughs> well, I think, I think the thing is, is like you really bring, bring it to life for a lot of the coaches, a lot of the members and you, I'm not going to say you make it sound simple because I don't want to insult you because it's not simple. It is science. Um, there's a lot to it. But when we look at mindset for weight loss, I don't think a lot of people give it the credit that it deserves. And I remember 100%. when I first started um, as a WW coach, um, everything was kind of shifting more into, into the behavior change coaching. And I had these members who had been WW members for years and they're like, why aren't you talking more about food? Why aren't you talking mm -hmm. more about portion control? And, you know, this month in our workshops and in our app, we are talking about finding joy. And 
on the surface level, you're like, well, what does that have to do? I just want to lose weight. I just want to look good in my bathing suit. What does finding joy have to do with that? And this week in particular, it's, it's, it's making healthy eating special. That's right. And for me, I'm like, I just got to shove this food in my face. Like what, how is this going to help me to lose weight? I don't know. I, I mean, I have chipped glasses. I have kids plates. How is this going to make me lose weight? Like I did eat my lunch today off Adora the Explorer plate. So I understand where you're coming from, Emily. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really a play on and all of our techniques. They're informed by this idea of how you think. So when it comes to this particular technique, I mean, it's a perfect example, you know, the way that we think about food impacts how we eat it. I mean, there is so much research that shows this over and over again. So, you know, we know that when people think that the food that they're about to eat is of high quality or special or something that they can't get very often, they eat more of it. Mm -hmm. We also know that when food is described in ways that's like, you know, really, uh, kind of sensory. So, you know, it's buttery or it's delectable or it's, um, creamy or nostalgic. Like it's, you know, grandma's recipe, people are more interested in it. They want to try it. Their anticipation that they're going to be satisfied by it goes up. And they actually say that after they eat it, they feel more satisfied than if mm -hmm. they had eaten something that was just like, you know, plain old chicken breasts. Um, and we also know that the environment that people are in impacts uh, how they eat. So when we're around other people, we eat more when we're in an environment that is beautiful and it's festive and there's music and there's candles or whatever it might be. It feels joyous and celebratory and we tend to eat more. So all the things that I'm talking about here, I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's what's around us, but it's also how we're thinking about the food. Mm. I think that there's, there's so much importance to, in this idea of healthy eating, right? And this is, I also love where WW has gone. Um, I think that, you know, initially when you think of the word, you know, I have to eat healthier. So you like go to the grocery store, you pick up your apples, your lettuce and your chicken breast. And you're like, great. This is great. <laughs> right. And then three days later, you're like, this so is great. so boring. This is terrible. Right? This is just the best. What have I done? Day. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> yes. that's, you know, and I'm sure we've all heard our language, like you're either off plan or you're on plan or you're had a cheat day or, and I think that there's so much value in really looking into the foods that you love and then the health aspect of them may be like secondary, like there's apples, but then there's like honey crisp apples or mango that are mm -hmm. like special. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, it's just, so I think that I, that's why I love this topic, right? Is that you shouldn't just eat things that are like, okay, well, if I eat this, I'll lose weight. It has mm -hmm. to be like everything you eat should bring you joy, should bring you satisfaction in a way that you're like you were talking about that you're so excited to eat it. Right. Right. The only thing I'd, I'd push back there just from a realistic perspective is that I think, you know, it's probably unrealistic that everything that we eat should bring us joy or bring us satisfaction. Sometimes we absolutely do need to just like eat off the door, explore the Explorer plate to your point. <laughs> I mean, that's just life, right? So I'm always careful with, with these techniques because we can think of all of these concepts as like tools in the toolbox that really might work for you, might work for you, might not work for somebody else, or maybe it just works for me on the weekends when I have the time to put into it. Um, so, you know, you, like thinking flexibly about how to use kind of like piece together all the various tools mm -hmm. in, in ways that work. And, but I think you're absolutely right. You know, 
yeah, an apple, big deal, but Honeycrisp apple, ooh, those are like the big, delicious, sweet ones, right? Or for me, it made me think of, um, do you guys have those, I don't know what they're called, but grapes that taste like cotton candy? Cotton yeah. candy grapes. Is, are they, is that what they're, that's what, yeah, that's what, we, that's what we call them here. Yeah, yeah, call them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time those are in my house, I'm like, I have to eat them. Yes. They're so exciting. And it's ridiculous. It's a grape, right? But it's a, it's such a funny thing to pay attention to where where your attention goes because you know, they're only out part of the year. They're mm -hmm. pretty special. And so when they're around, you want to eat them. And the question is always, what can we learn from the things that we sort of naturally notice ourselves doing? And is there a way to use that and leverage it to our advantage? Um, you know, we all want to eat healthier. And so, you know, are there ways to make healthier meals genuinely feel special. I mean, if I have a, a cucumber sitting in my refrigerator, that's a lot less enticing than if I chop that cucumber up on Sunday, I throw some onions in it and some dill and some mustard. Mm -hmm. and, and then all of a sudden I have a cucumber salad and it's like, Oh, I want to eat that. That's sitting there in my fridge, which is a really different experience than just the cucumber, even yeah. though WW points are the same, whatever it might be. So I always find, I always find if I make my meals prettier too, like, yeah. um, you know, with my, with my role at WW, often having to take pictures of meals that I've made. And so I'm working really hard. So they look nice in a picture, but as I'm looking at this food and I have, you know, this nice plate and the sauce is on it so beautifully and the strawberries are cut so pretty. It's like, this looks satisfying. And oftentimes I'm eating it. And I'm like, this is delicious. Like I should make my food look pretty all the time. I always enjoy it more if I make it like photo worthy. Right. Um, so that's just like a fun thing that I like to do. Maybe they're not always the prettiest of pictures, but I don't know. It gets me excited to eat. Absolutely. And the other thing I don't think I mentioned before that that tends to make us excited to eat or or look forward to it is when we think that there's been kind of a lot of time put into it, like, oh, mm -hmm. this, this was prepared. Right. And so even something as simple as, you know, cutting up that apple, putting it on a plate and like, you know, I don't know if you're going to, you know, dip it into some Greek yogurt or whatever it might be, put it in a little ramekin. It mm -hmm. just the process of doing that suggests, oh, this is a little more special than just kind of grabbing an apple off of the counter and eating it. It's not magic. It's just thinking through, okay, what are little tweaks that I can make that maybe are going to help me slow down that are going to maybe make it take a little bit longer for me to eat that are going to make me feel like this is a special or a little bit of a break. And how might that help? It's so interesting. It's so interesting how we can use this to feel better. Yeah. 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 Um, what would you say some of the universal challenges that all members face and mm -hmm. a secondary follow-up, if there are any that all members face, do you have any tips or tricks that maybe would help them get through it? Mm. Um, universal challenges. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll give the, the psychologist slash researcher answer and say, yeah, everybody is different, of course, but yeah, there's absolutely some, some human truths. I think that we across the board, um, struggle with, we have an internal struggle with why it is. So there's actually two human truths here, why it is that we kind of know what to do and we struggle to make it happen. Um, all of us have grand plans or intentions or a goal or what we're going to do tonight. And sometimes we, we reach it and, and often we don't. And so that universal experience that there's something that we want to do, but we struggle to do it is one. And then number two is, you know, 
tend to universally make sense of that in a way that blames ourselves. Mm. What's oh wrong goodness. with me? How did you know my entire life story? So you're saying it's universal. That's what I'm hearing. So, uh, yeah. You read my journal. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing, right? We, we, we all, like, these are the things we can all relate to. And so much of what we try to do at WW is bring those conversations out into light so that we realize that we're not alone because mm-hmm. when we think about it as being something that's our fault or that's something that's wrong with us, we tend a to not talk about it because, well, this is my problem. Everybody else seems to have it figured out. And when we don't talk about it and we, we blame ourselves, we are not, ac- we're actually getting distracted from what could be solutions because mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're kind of convinced that, oh, this is just something that's wrong with me. I need to figure out how to fix myself. Do you ever struggle with that yourself? Never. Not well. No. <laughs> that's that's no. why you went to school, right? You, you <laughs> fixed that problem. <laughs> I mean, it's a running joke, right? It's a it's a, actually somebody on our um uh on our science team shared once with the with our WW product team a private Slack channel conversation mm-hmm. that she and I had had. And the jux of this uh the crux of the the conversation was I I messaged her and I said, do you know anybody who knows how to help someone lose weight? <laughs> and it was just, do you know how to lose weight? Uh, do you know how to do the thing that you say you're going to do? I mean, it was, it was so funny because the two of us are, are, you know, no. specialized in behavior change. Like, no, sorry, we don't. <laughs> yeah, no, don't know. That's a mystery. That's a mystery. We still haven't figured that out. So yeah, absolutely. All the time. And when it comes down to it, you know, it's, so I think step one is, recognizing that as a human experience. Step two is, you know, as part of that, not blaming yourself um, and instead getting really curious what actually gets in the way and, and really unpacking that uh, mm-hmm. so that, so that we can start trial and erroring our way through it. Um, what would help? It's just like, that gives everyone so much hope. Honestly, mm-hmm. when you say like, I just have yeah. to figure out what is going, what is getting in my way? Like, there's got to be a solution here. Instead right. of constantly thinking I am a failure, I have never been able to follow through on anything that I have tried to do. So this is right. just who I am. It's like, no, stop blaming yourself. It's also yeah. really nice to hear you say that these are universal things, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm sure everybody listening, just like Emily had said, is like, how did you know that about me specifically? Right. Right. And it really, it really brings home this idea that we're really in this together, right? You're not alone in this journey. You have a solid community of people who really, truly get it. And you are backed by science, but made up of a team of people who really, really get that, you know? Right. Absolutely. Can I ask you about another universal thing that I don't know is this idea of emotional eating? Right. Yeah. When we um, talked about this on WW Presents, it was like people just wanted more and more and more about emotional eating. Yeah. yeah. So, what is the science behind emotional eating? And maybe now that you're here, you can, how do we fix that? <laughs> <laughs> Teach us how. <laughs> yeah. There's, um, th- you know, there's a couple different kind of schools of thought, if you will, about emotional eating. And I mean, we can look at it from a biological perspective, for example, and it's pretty clear that the act of eating is, is a soothing thing. It just is, it sort of changes our brain chemistry a little bit and it calms us down. Um, that's why we 
give bottles to screaming babies, um, even if they're not necessarily hungry, right? It's a soothing thing. So that's a, in many ways, um, a biological and or learned experience over time uh, that we just sort of, our body kind of comes to expect. Um, related to that is the idea that it's really just habitual. So you could imagine that uh, we might get into a routine where, for example, at the end of the day, it's a stressful day, we sit down and we eat something, and like I said, it's sort of soothing in a way, but it also might just sort of be that moment where we kind of check out and we say, all right, this is my time just to, you know, kind of decompress. And it's also the time that I eat. So over time, sort of enough repetition like that can lead to just habits or patterns where we tend to eat at certain times of day or in certain mm -hmm. circumstances, simply because that's kind of what we've always done. Um, another school of thought is that, you know, when we restrict how much we're eating, um, or when we, when we like come up with a lot of rules around food, we can't eat this, we can't eat that, uh, you know, that restriction sort of a mindset actually ends up backfiring because our brains then start to think, oh, but that's the thing I really, really want. Mm -hmm. And then, so when we're in sort of a hot state, when we're stressed or we're tired or we're angry or whatever it might be, or even bored, um, it's a lot harder, um, uh, you know, I had a patient once describe it as like feeling like she's just kind of holding on to something by her fingernails and white knuckling it. Like when you're in a really hot state with your emotions, it's really hard to make like rational, if you will, decisions. And so if we've been restricting ourselves and not enjoying something that we've liked, we will tend to overdo it in those kinds of moments. So, um, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of different ways to think about emotional eating. And I, I think that the reason I think that's important is because just like we've been talking about, it, it probably operates a little bit differently, um, you know, for me than it does for you and really getting curious and understanding how it operates for each of us is going to be kind of step one in trying to figure out, all right, how might, you know, again, what, what might help, mm -hmm. what, what, what might we want to do differently? Yeah. It's, it's interesting how each one of us is going to respond to that in a different way. I know for me, if I feel like, I'm a, if I'm alone, like say my husband and my kid, my husband's out and my kids are asleep and I'm feeling kind of bored. I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to eat. Um, yeah. and I don't want to, I don't want to fall into that old habit. I don't want to, you know, cure my boredom by snacking. So oftentimes I'll just send like a text to my friend or I'll put right. something on Instagram or connect and say, my kitchen's closed. I'm going to watch a movie or I'm going to go for a walk on my treadmill or, you know, whatever it is like make a different plan. And that in itself is kind of like, okay, I, I can do this, but it's again, building that confidence and that momentum going in the opposite direction than the yeah. bag of chips. Well, and the things that you mentioned that you tend to do, like texting a friend or posting on Instagram or, or, you know, uh, you know, one is like, all right, let me reach out to somebody I care about. And maybe like, you know, just have that personal connection. It's kind of grounding. Let me, let me go on Instagram and mention, like, say I'm, you know, kitchen is closed. I'm going to, I'm actually going out and sort of Kind of practicing some, you know, uh, supportive accountability for myself. Hey guys, like this is what I'm doing right now in this moment. In both of those cases, what you're doing is you're like, there's a level of consciousness that you're bringing to it. You're, you're kind of putting a little bit of a, of a stop sign up and saying, I'm going to do something differently than sort of what I'm being pulled toward doing, because that pull that's, that's, history that that's going to be there like that. It's very unlikely that that will ever entirely go away because that is a way of thinking or a way of being that has existed for many, many, many years in your life, in all of our lives. Um, and so it's, you know, and I, and I very highly doubt that the first time Emily, you 
you tried to do something differently than, than to eat in those moments that you were successful or that you're uh, always successful. I'm sure sometimes, not. It, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely not. Right. No. Right. I yeah. think that's also such a big change in our, our plan and our approach recently is being inspectors of ourself, right? Like really mm-hmm. knowing yourself and then having that, that pause button that Emily was talking about, like, okay, I realize I'm bored. So this will be what I'm going to try versus right. like do the thing on auto response. And then later, like, oh, you know what? I wish I had done this. Is that right. something you say all the time, Kelly? Inspectors of ourselves. Love it. Um, I don't even know if I say that all the time. It just came out. So reminds maybe. me of like um, <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Yeah, but it's dun, true. Dun, We've got to be a little. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to be, yeah, <laughs> like little investigators. But you really we don't, do. We don't, and that's, it's not. Yeah. It's not obvious. It's not natural to. Well, like, we don't give ourselves in, enough right? credit, right? We don't give ourselves yeah. enough credit to like know ourselves. We know ourselves best, but for some reason, we feel like we can't trust ourselves when really we just have to take a little bit of time to mm-hmm. see what we really, really need. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's a really and, good point. You know, to that point, if we're, you know, if we're thinking about, okay, what can we do related to emotional eating? Well, you know, if you're someone who really in the moment notices that pull, and when you notice that pull, you know, you are somebody who uh, has some other things that you can try to do other things you can practice, text a friend, give somebody a call, post on Instagram, then start there. Like meaning that like you have that, um, uh, that sort of consciousness in the moment and say, Oh, Nope, I'm not going to do it. Let me go try something else first. Mm-hmm. If that's you great. If that's not you meaning like you're halfway through eating before you even recognize it, or you recognize it, but you, you still think, no, I'm going to do it anyway then take a different approach. Think more from like a prevention perspective. So ask yourself, when do I tend to eat, you know, due to emotions or due to boredom? Okay. What can I do to set up my environment differently? What can I do to set myself up differently for those situations when I'm in that room or when I'm in the car, whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, that is going to support the thing I actually want to do as opposed to the thing that, that tends to happen. So, you know, that is a different perspective. It's like, let me think more from a prevention than it is from a management in the moment. And I'm sure there's members and people who are listening right now, who are thinking of exact examples where they usually tend to go down that path. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. And that's, and this is when we should be thinking about it before we're actually in it. So it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And research does does support that as well. Like I said before, you know, when we're in a hot state, no matter what, like if we're pulled toward eating, it's really hard to pull ourselves back from that. Um, so it's, it's doable. It can be doable, but it's tough. Um, so the more we can catch it early and, or prevent the better. Yeah. Make it easy on yourselves. Exactly. So if there's some, (laughs) so if there is a member, if there's someone listening right now who feels like they are so far away from being successful in their weight loss or their wellness goals, what kind of advice or what tips would you give to them so that they feel confident to start? So I think, so to my mind goes to two things. One is pick a behavior that you want to change. You know, we talk a lot about where we want to get to, how much weight we want to lose or what we want our blood pressure to be or A1C to be. Um, And that's, you know, that's a destination, that's an outcome, but no matter what the distance between where we are today and whatever that outcome is, is usually a heck of a lot bigger than we want it to be. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to feel, I mean, it's, it's really easy to feel like 
I don't know where to start. How do I get there? That feels so far away. And when an outcome is really distal, meaning it's far in the future, it's, it's just not as motivating as when there's something right in front of us that we can respond to. So a, a way to manage that a little bit differently is to move your head away from where you want to get to destination-wise and focus instead on what are the th- what are the things that I want to do differently in my life day to day and pick one. You know, I want to be someone who, you know, eats vegetables with every meal, or I want to be um, the kind of person that goes for a walk after dinner. Pick one thing that's really specific and that's genuinely doable. Um, you know, we, we all get ourselves into a lot of trouble when we, when we set, you know, big lofty goals, we often set big lofty goals at times where we feel super motivated, but then when it actually comes time to put it into action, we're like, you know, but I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, really thinking about what is doable for you, what's doable for your future self, what's doable based on your, your circumstances and just start with one thing. What is constantly amazing to me is that when we do something today and then we do it again tomorrow and we do it again the next day, I mean, I don't, I don't have numbers behind this, but I would say within three or four days, we start to feel a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Like we have a little bit more of a skip in our step. We're like, oh, we've done this now three or four times and their momentum starts to build. So, you know, it doesn't really matter where you start. What matters is that you start with something that you can do and repeat. So that's one thing. Another is, is, which is kind of related is really focusing just on something that we've been talking about here, being an inspector or being a detective is developing awareness. So, um, you know, picking a behavior, just the way I just mentioned before, and rather than focusing on what you're going to do to change it, just observe it. You know, if, you know, if there's something that you know that you want to change, whether it's board a meeting or portion sizes, just start paying attention. What happens, you know, right before I end up eating like more than I plan to eat, how am I feeling? What's going on around me? And really take that like inspector or detective perspective and, and start to notice and pay attention. Usually the more we just start to self-monitor, monitor ourselves, you know, and this is a lot of the science behind food tracking and weight tracking, the more that we just start to monitor something, the more our behavior just starts to shift simply we think due to that awareness factor. Um, so the second one I think is more just about getting information, understanding the first more about like what you're going to do, but either way, focusing in on, um, on, on learning, on practicing and just getting started. Yeah. And I think those are two clear steps that even if you like for myself, I, I track every day, you know, I'm very much aware, but those are two things that I can even add to my routine, right? I can think of something that I want to do. For example, workout. I haven't worked out all week. Okay. So today I'm going to work out and then hopefully right. tomorrow again. Love it. Pick yeah. one thing, right? Like pick a right thing. So Allison, before I let you go, before me and Kelly, you know, release you back to um, America, because again, thank you for joining <laughs> us here in Canada again. <laughs> Kelly has a promo for our podcast listeners. I do have an awesome promo. I think this is always our best one. So it again is a podcast exclusive promo. So just for everyone listening today, um, up until July 17th, you can get 20% off the whole WW shop. So if you use the code pod 20 P O D number 20 until July 17th, you'll get 20% off everything in the store, including the air fryer, including the air fryer. What a good deal. 
honestly, it's a really, it's always a really good deal. I really like that one. Allison, Allison, what's your favorite, what's your favorite snack from the WW shop? I love the barbecue, uh, little barbecue chips, um, Mm -hmm. that I haven't now had in over a year. Um, I used to eat them at the office constantly. Um, they would always be there. I mean, they're hands down my favorite. Um, there's other things that I like, but I mean, I love those so much and I have, I've just never ordered them online. Like it's talk about habits. It's just something I haven't done. So since I left the office, I haven't had them. Well, we have a code for 20% off. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Get a lifetime supply. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that everyone was so looking forward to this podcast coming out. Um, And if have been asking about it. Yeah, since Kelly the works, minute you were on WW Presents. Oh, fun. <laughs> Kelly oh. works chat. So they're all messaging her in the 24-7 live coaching time. saying, where's Allison? Oh, awesome. Well, it's so much fun to talk to both mm-hmm. of you. And uh, yeah, couldn't couldn't be happier to be here anytime. Happy to come back. Oh, uh, thanks please. so much. I, I think, love that. I think I might just need my weekly like session with you because I feel like we impact a lot of my issues. So this I know was, I was this was like, really good. Like a free therapy <laughs> session in here. <laughs> Um, if you guys are wanting more of Dr. Allison, her five minute coaching is available in the app. Um, you just scroll down to that strengthen and strengthen your body and mind carousel. And that is in there. She also has, um, an Instagram that is so fun. So informative. It is Allison underscore G underscore PhD. Allison G PhD. Did you come up with that? Suzanne Lyon came up with Oh, that. it's so good because it rhymes. <laughs> it's so great. Does James Corden follow you on Instagram? I, I, I don't think he does. So I'm very, very late to the Instagram world. Um, so you all can, can uh, you know, uh, watch and learn. Unlike you, Kelly, with your headphones, um, <laughs> not very tech savvy. So in, my Instagram account came to be shortly after I, I met James. So I think I might've missed the boat on that. Darn. Well, you guys can get in and follow her early. Cause I just checked, you have just over a thousand followers. So wow. you could, you could be one of the first before it like really, really, really blows up. Yeah. Get in there. All yeah. right. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure, such an honor. Yeah, from me and Allison and Inspector Kelly. Yes. (laughs) Hope you guys have a great day. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. If you're loving listening to this podcast, we would love it if you take a minute to leave us a review and rate us five stars out of five, if you'd please.